Thanks for joining us. I'm Jim Barrett. With me, Dr. Dennis O'Grady, who has so many credentials, I don't know where to begin, but he's president-elect of the Dayton Psychological Association, and you also teach at Wright State University. Tell us what you do there. Well, I'm a clinical professor at Wright State, so I supervise students and deal with workshops related to communication, effective and positive communication, based on my new book, Talk to Me, Communication Moves to Get Along with... Anyone, if that's possible. Yeah, we, we will talk about that in just a minute, but one of the reasons why I want to talk to you now, we've talked so many times over the years, but, but we've always talked about how this can be a good time of year or not so good time of year for so many people because of depression. And I want you to talk for a minute about what triggers depression at a time when we're supposed to be happy, when we get together and we have Thanksgiving and we see our friends and we see our relatives and people we haven't seen in a long time. And we're supposed to be so joyous at this season, and yet we're not. There's a lot of pressure on us every day, and especially at the holidays. One of my communications clients recently told me, I thought it was a really, really, really good metaphor, Jim. Uh, she said, and she's a healthcare professional caregiver. Now, a lot of us give care. We're trying to care for others. She said, you know what depression feels like to me every day, and especially at the holidays? Dennis, it feels like somebody's put a big straw, a big old straw in my brain. And... Suck the energy right out of me. And I just feel like I'm on a treadmill and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going slower and slower. And there's a real energy drain. So I think there's a lot of pressure to do more at the holidays if there's not enough pressure to do more every single day of the year, which there is. It's nuts out there. Let me, uh, let me also throw out another idea. We feel like it takes every day, every hour of every day, just to take care of ourselves and our families. And now at this time of year, this is a time where we feel like we have to start doing for a lot of other people that we may not be doing for. In other words, um, you know, we got a plan for Aunt Bessie coming in for, uh, you know, Thanksgiving holiday or, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you have to accommodate the needs of others more at this time of year. You're planning gift buying. Uh, which you don't do most of the other time of the year. You know, the other 10 months, you're not doing that. So could that be an added factor that causes people to suddenly go, man, I don't have time for myself alone, and now I have to do this? Oh, absolutely. People who come to me for communications training will say, you know what, Dennis, there's just not enough time, enough hours in the day to get it all done, and I've got to get it all done really, really well. I mean, I feel like I've got to get it done you know, perfectly. And, you know, on my to-do list that doesn't quite get done because I'm procrastinating, I'm not even on my to-do list. You know, I've got 10 items on my to-do list. I know not only don't come last on the list, I'm not even on the list. Which will really burn a person out fast because the solution to ordinary depression is to do those little, little, itty-bitty things for ourselves that net a huge reward. Let me just say that again. When people are down, we don't feel like we have the energy to do a little something for ourselves. And when we find the oomph to do a little something for ourselves, in other words, to put ourselves on that list, a little something, minutes, just minutes to do something for ourselves, like clean off an office desk. We feel better quite fast. I like what you just said because I think that's something common to all of us. We have a workspace, whatever that is, and if we feel like it's not the way we want it to be, 
you leave work that day unsettled. You arrive the next day unsettled when you walk in and you see it that way. So there's there's one issue, but there's so many at this time of year. And I think we need to talk more about what it is people can do to, to help themselves, as you just said, looking out for yourself. My wife is a, is a big proponent of spending time by herself in the morning, sitting in a chair thinking. And I want to tell you something. She can pump out note after note about things that need to be done, organization that needs to happen. Uh, Jim, did you follow up on this? Uh, just things that, that make her feel better so that when she does then communicate with other people about her needs, suddenly it's all crystal clear to her. Is this something you're talking about? Absolutely. Exactly. People say to me, they say, Dr. O'Grady, are you nuts or what? I look at your blog page, your web page, that you put articles every day on, which is true. Give us the website real quick. Thanks for asking. It's www.drograty.com. So it's D-R-O-G-R-A-D-Y.com. Or people just Google Dennis O'Grady, and they'll go right to it. So what I do every morning, usually it's 5.30 or 6. So on, on my uh, articles, there's a little timestamp. And people who read my articles around town, and they're a growing number, there's about 10,000 a month, they're, they're looking at that going, what are you doing up at 6 a.m.? 5.45, 6.15, blogging, doing a weblog. Blog, of course, is short for weblog. The honest answer to that, Jim, is I'm taking time with myself. You know, I'm writing articles on there, yes, for general consumption, but I'm writing them for Dennis O'Grady. If we really are serious about pumping up, keeping our energy up, if we're really serious about running our communicator car effectively, then when the tires get flat on a regular basis, we check them. For me, it's daily. So when I wrote about depression in the workplace recently, when I wrote about how not to feel or think of yourself like a victim, like a, I can't, or a, I'm not good enough, or I'm doing all this, but it still isn't pleasing anyone. It's a way for me to check into a thing called reality and also a way to check into Dennis O'Grady and how he's doing and how he's feeling. I recommend in the business world and just out in the commercial world to say to people, so how's it going? Those articles are for me. That's what your wife's doing. She's doing some things for herself. Now, here's a catch, and it's a huge one. What trips us up, it's almost like a tar baby, or it's almost like a big pothole on the road, or getting off at the wrong uh, turn or corner, is that the family members we have, most of us in our extended families, honest to gosh, we have people who are really, really, really difficult to get along with, and some people in our extended families who are mean, or some people who are trapped in their own hole. I talk about depression sometimes as being feeling like we're stuck in a hole, a big old hole, and some of us say we fall into it. Others say, you push me, Jim, into the hole. <laughs> and some of us dig our own hole. It depends on your perspective, but getting out of the hole is the point. So we have this high pressure for all of us to communicate positively and effectively, beginning with ourselves at the holidays, and a lot of us don't do that. We don't do what your wife does. That's a great thing she does. Well, now, why don't people do what your wife does? Well, she can do it, but I can't, or, you know, I just don't have time in the day, or, you know, I get up late. I, I, I don't know how to get myself out of the bed in the morning, and there's all sorts of excuses about why we don't do well by ourselves, 
and I appreciate those. I use them. I probably use a longer list than most people because I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, and yet sometimes the rubber needs to hit the road. Bottom line, when I'm feeling blue, down, dysphoric, depressed, whatever you want to say, core question. Are you going to be nice to yourself? Am I going to treat myself a little bit better? Or am I going to keep going with these excuses that say, Dennis doesn't count. Dennis doesn't matter. Jim matters. Jim counts. Let's do for Jim. But Dennis does more for his neighbor, Jim. Dennis loves and likes his neighbor better, Jim, than Dennis does for himself. And then when Dennis burns out, because I'm only human, And when I get resentful, and I'm only human, and I feel like I'm not getting as much as you are, because I'm only human, the bottom line question is, well then, Dennis, can you be nice to yourself a little bit? Don't get mad at Jim. Don't go complaining nonstop around the house or workplace. What are you going to do for yourself? If it's energy out that's making you depressed too much, then what are you going to do to put a little bit of energy back in for yourself? And Dennis, if you don't treat yourself nicely, if you're not willing to love yourself, then why should Jim Barrett be willing to love you? Doesn't that begin with self and extend to neighbor? It isn't, let's love our neighbor and forget yourself. And it isn't, love yourself and be narcissistic and forget your children, neighbor, etc. It is to try to talk positively First to ourselves, and then second to other people. And what makes that so difficult at the holidays is that we sense we can do it. We can talk, all of us, positively and effectively, and we don't. And we have family members that bring us right down fast, or people at work, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, mothers, fathers. We have these huge expectations that go, crash! And so it becomes a little bit more a feeling, Jim, and here's the deep part, of the losses we've felt in our families forever. That's interesting. Um, You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because this is a time of year when people may be dealing with the first holiday without dad, the first holiday without mom, the first holiday without that special someone, whoever that was. uh, They may have passed away. They may have moved away. And suddenly there's this void. And and now here's the holiday. How can we, in advance of the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, you name it, Kwanzaa, uh, how can we, in advance of that holiday, recognize that there is that void? And how can we deal with that ahead of time? There couldn't be a better question than the one you just asked about. How do we honor those departed loved ones that we have cared for so much, how do we keep their spirit alive? We have a choice. We can dwell in the negative or dwell in the positive. Most of us spend a little time in both places. Here's how I did it. And this is what I recommend because it works for me. I tend to recommend, Jim, being a psychologist, if it works for me, I figure it's going to work for anyone. I lost my dad about five years ago. And my mom is not well now. She's 86 and she's kind of frail. In fact, uh, I flew down uh, last week with with my nine-year-old daughter, whose turn it was, to go visit Grandma O'Grady. And Grandma O'Grady is just, you know, a little bitty thing and can barely put one foot in front of the other and her mind is as strong as a tack. 
She's still living with help in an extended care facility, and she's really a very, very strong-willed and loving person. Now, whether that parent is gone or loved one or present or soon to be gone, here's what I use. What I do is pick out a strength of the person and try to demonstrate it in my life with Jim Barrett or whomever I come in contact with. Let me explain a third example. I had a very, very close friend uh, who was a fellow psychologist, and we used to run groups together at the Dayton Forensic Center. He, African-American, and me, a white Irish guy. And we loved doing co-therapy together with a very diverse group of residents uh, who some had mental problems, some had legal problems, uh, most of them had both. Well, he passed away some years ago, and I was just so very, very sad that a guy my age, I'm 55, but a guy my age would pass away. I took a strength of his, which was he really believed that people could change. You know, he demonstrated it in his life because he helped people change. He was a constant source of inspiration to students and people that he was friends with and family members, helping people change, giving them the idea that they could. So what did I do? Well, one of the things I do is I try to speak very upfront about how people get in their own way of change and how they can get on their own side of change. I do that as honoring our friendship with him. We're sitting at my desk, Jim. I don't know if the, the listeners know it. I also have his picture on my desk. So I've put pictures. If you look around, there's a picture of my brother and I and this, you know, kids, you know, my three daughters, etc. I will honor the person because, in a way, I don't feel they're gone, Jim. I, and especially at the holidays, it's time to feel the magic. We'll feel the emptiness. I have said in Taking the Fear Out of Changing, my first book, No Hard Feelings, my second work, and this work, Talk to Me, I have said, you know what? Out of the ashes of grief comes new growth. I hate that sentence when I'm fresh in a loss because it's just supposed to be sad. You know, if you love someone, Jim, you and I both know if we truly love someone, there's supposed to be a hole in our heart. There's supposed to be a hole there. And what's the best way to fill that in? Be, honor, one of the strengths they were. My friend was a straight talker and a straight shooter. And you didn't want to ask him a question that you didn't want to hear the honest to gosh truth to. And I've adopted that over the years and try to demonstrate that positively mm -hmm. as well. We can do that with anyone when we're feeling the loss. So we get to chew. We can feel that loss. We can also feel that there is a connection to those we love eternally. And if we really put our money where our mouth is, you're really going to put the rubber to the road, then dad blast it, take one of their strengths and be it. It's like Gandhi said. Be the change you wish to see others make. Be it. Oh, no, I don't have the time. Or, well, I'm not that courageous. Or, well, that was good for him, but I don't know what, what will people think if I really tell the truth. Well, you know what? The point is, what will you think if you don't tell the truth? Let me uh, remind our listeners that they joined us. We're speaking with Dr. Dennis O'Grady. He's the founder of New Insights Communication, and we're speaking in his office in Centerville this morning. Uh, holds a BA degree from Michigan State University, an MA from Community College Counseling from Michigan State University, and Doctorate of Psychology from Wright State, and very active in the community, has been for a number of years. We periodically ask him to give us an update on uh, his thinking regarding 
things that are topical. And, and this week, the topic that came to my mind was handling the holidays, in a sense, and handling depression during the holidays, because it seems like there are so many pitfalls for so many of us that we need to you know, be aware that they're there. Um, maybe find a way to deal with them before they happen. Let me ask you, too, before people call me and say, who is that person that was Dennis O'Grady's friend? Can you mention his name? It was Dr. His name is Dr. Jimmy J. Lamar Johnson. Okay. Yeah, he practiced here in Dayton? Yes, he did. Yes, yes, okay. he did. Well, sorry about that. Sorry about your loss with him and his family's loss. Nevertheless, it's interesting that you, you, you pointed that out to me because I can tell you that with my mother, uh, my dad passed away in 1998. And um, my mom keeps pictures of dad around. We talk about dad. We, uh, in fact, uh, ex post facto, I got uh, a citation for him uh, for his participation in World War II. We proudly put that up on the TV set in the living room. Right. Um, and, and what you do, as you say, when you do that is you're proud of the person, but you're also remembering the good qualities of that person. So you don't want to uh, you look at a person who's grieving and missing someone and tell them, get past it, forget about it, because that's not really what you want them to do, is it? Well, in fact, if you tell an empathizer-type communicator, an E-type, why don't you just get over it? You're, you're getting all wrapped up around the axle of your feelings and your stress. and Just move on. In other words... Certain communicator types, the sensitive types, I call them empathizers, they critique themselves and uh, criticize themselves about why they just can't get over this feeling, which actually worsens the feeling. So they start feeling bad about feeling bad. Mm -hmm. So that when we are feeling a loss, it is so urgently important to feel what we do and continue to relate positively to ourselves and our others to be kind to ourselves, to be gentle. If we really meant what I just said in the holidays, we would look around. And instead of going, oh, Jim, Jim Barrett's got the life. He's got everything. I've got nothing. I mean, Jim's got all this with his family going and with WHIO going. He, he's in good health and he's a snappy dresser and everybody loves him and everybody calls him. Everybody knows him in the community. Where is me, Dennis O'Grady? Woe is me, poor me. Took me... Two years to write, talk to me, and you know, then there was this problem and that problem. All the things that are, that are so, but if I really mean what I'm saying, Jim, then when I see Jim Barrett in the world in these holidays, I'm going to say, life is tough for us all. I'm not the only one life's hitting hard. Life's supposed to hit hard. And it can hit harder. And just when you think you've been hit hard enough, life's hit you again. And it isn't that we're bad people, because I know some of my clients go, oh, geez, Dennis, how come the bad people don't get hit with the bad stuff? They seem to be getting away with murder. How come it's the nice people like us that get the stuff? I say, well, it reminds me of the book by Scott Peck, and he's now deceased, and I was, you know, felt sad about his passing, and he wrote a book, the, uh, gosh, 15, 16-year bestseller, Road Less Traveled. Mm -hmm. And what the media continued, and the, and the media is, as we all know, a humongously positive force in the society, as, as you are, Jim, to get the word out, get the truth out about different things. His first sentence in The Road Less Traveled, that newspapers and magazines and everyone everywhere seemed to pick up and repeat because it stunned them. And his editor didn't want him to put it in there. Three words. Dr. Peck, Scotty wrote, Life 
is difficult. <laughs> Period. Life is difficult. It kept going over. How, he's a psychiatrist. How could Scotty Peck say, oh, life is difficult? Because he wasn't going to lie. And one of the things I liked about his work is that he ad admitted openly to struggling with depression. I don't think we talk enough openly about we all feel depressed. I monitor my feelings. I feel depressed to some extent every day. And there's there's a scale of depression from mild to moderate to severe. And some depressions are strictly biological and some are situational. Grief. And some are that things aren't going my way and so forth. But Scott, it was really good saying he, he suffered from depression and he was open about it. I liked his valor. I liked his, his sincerity. I, I liked his genuineness. And instigator-type communicators, I-types, are very, very genuine people who will say, look, this is the way it is. And the way it is for all of us during the holidays is, you know, from one angle, none of us are happy. Or all of us wish we could be happier. What I think the truth is, it's both. Life sucks pears, as I say at my webpage. You know, if you want, I, I advise people if they really want their life to suck pears, you know, how to think negatively and so forth. Life is negative. And life is positive. I just don't want us to miss either. And both are better than one end of the stick, so to speak. And in balancing that, I think we really balance our abilities to give to others, to feel love, do loving acts, do good deeds, small good deeds, because you touch people daily. You, you and I, your listeners, we touch them daily in little ways because I know when I felt depressed, I've had people say, hey, not even knowing my name. How's it going today? And, you know, if I were braver and I'm working on my courage, I'd say, life sucks pears for me today. Or, you know, this is, life stinks. Or, you know, I imagine you think I have everything, but I feel like I have nothing. Things, the glass is not only half empty, I think I got a hole in it. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, that is something that I think we all think about ourselves is that things could be so much better for me only if... And you could start that list, and you could keep that list going, and you could probably put 27 things on it and then think of 24 more. You know, but I think you're right. Sometimes you have to realize, we all have to realize, that uh, life isn't always going to be positives, a series of positives. It'd be great if it was, but then it'd also be boring. We wouldn't realize, uh, we wouldn't realize that there is the other side. Uh, also, the other thing you just mentioned about uh, helping others, you mentioned going to see your mother. Um, I was on the phone yesterday with my sister-in-law who was going to visit my mother-in-law and father-in-law, and they are in an assisted care place. And uh, there are some difficulties, of course, for them. Um, and and they're not happy about losing their own independence. And so there are issues that we, you know, who are their siblings, they're, they're, they're not their siblings, we, we who are their sons and daughters have to help them deal with. And I think the word patience comes into play here, where when we're dealing with somebody in our family, who has depression or who apparently has depression, we need to exercise patience in helping them and also encourage them to get some professional help. Wouldn't you say at this time of year? I would. I absolutely think so. And I think what you're describing is this is the time of year to lean into our relationships. You know, some people say, oh, Dennis O'Grady, what a, what a nice guy, good guy. He goes down and visits his mom regularly, and he's a busy guy, but he makes that happen. He talks with his mom, you know, several times a, a week. What a nice guy he is. You know, if, if one from one side of it, I suppose that's true, Jim, I don't do it for that reason. I do it for myself, and because I enjoy 
uh, my relationship with my mother that we've slowly developed over decades. You know, we didn't always get along as good as we get along now. And in in the uh, living center that my mom is in, I stay overnight when I travel alone there, and I eat with her, so I see the residents. You mentioned about the loss of independence. They all hate the loss of independence. They, they you know, the residents really feel uh, marginalized. They really feel invisible, and that's what depression does. They really feel like, am I important? And there's still a very strong pecking order. Uh, I recommend if anybody thinks they've, you know, they're missing something in life, go spend an overnight time in a senior care living center, in an elder care living center. Spend overnight, spend the night, talk with the people who live there. They're 80 and 90 and 100 with various medical uh, challenges. Talk to the staff, see what's going on, because I think when doing that, we really discover that in a fashion... it, it's life is just absolutely stunning in the difficulties that it will, the curveballs it throws at us, and the gift horses it brings to us. And with mom, I mean, it, it's amazing to see these many of them are elder la- ladies dressed to the nines for lunch and dinner. Just dressed to the nines. They really take great pride there, and they really take great pride in their in their kids. But there is a loneliness. There is a marginalization. There is a dehumanization. Okay, that's the word I was not going to say, but there it is. There's a dehumanizing that we do of our elders. I'm not, you know, pointing a finger at anyone, but if you want to experience about what might happen to you or me or the rest of us later in life, if we're lucky, this is what happens to people who are lucky. Go check out an elder care facility or a grief center or a college campus or whatever where people are going through a part of life that's life that's both difficult and enlightening. I want to I want to mention again, drdennisogrady.com is a place where you can go to read more uh, in his uh, web blogs about uh, dealing with depression. He has a number of uh, articles written on there. And as he indicated, uh, these are thoughts. He sits down early in the morning and writes... Uh, He's quite a prolific writer. You what, have three books out now, and the latest of which is called Talk to Me. And tell me again about what is the, the basis of this latest book. Uh, Talk to Me is a communication system, Jim. I I've, uh, appreciate you asking. It describes two types of communicators. If, if your listener does not know which type of communicator they are, and they probably don't unless they've read Talk to Me, then they're missing out on a little leverage about how to be less depressed. One of the things Talk to Me does is in my research, it really bumps up, meaning improves, bumps up a person's mood. People say, well, where does a person get all this energy from? Well, it's from using the Talk To Me system. Well, how do they get that bump up in their mood? They're still getting struck down by stuff. For sure they are, but they are working with their communicator type. There's two types. As I said, empathizer type or E-type communicators and instigator type, I-type communicator. So in my book, I describe and you find out which type you are so you work with your strengths and eliminate your weaknesses. Now, why does that matter? Well, typically, second, typically who you, your listener, is going to have a tough time with 
A difficult time with over the holidays is with a family member, spouse, loved one, sibling, brother, sister, whomever, who is our opposite communicator type. So let me guess. You know, let's say Jim Barrett's an E-type or empathizer type communicator. A lot of sensitivity, which you've shown during the interview. A lot of caring, a lot of hands-on, a lot of relationship savvy. Well, who, if you're an E-type, then who you would have difficulty with potentially is a negative I-type communicator instigator who says, ah, so what? Who cares? Stuff comes out of their mouth that they shouldn't say, you know, whatever they think, boom. And if I said everything that I thought, I wouldn't have any friends because my brain just goes all over the place. I, sh I should censor more what I say to myself because it's not any more positive. So that, that uh, type. Now, the other very exciting thing is that there's four communicator modes. In the book, I talk about Communication is a two-way uh, highway, the two-way communicator highway. And for free, you can go to drgrady.com and get a free report about what your communicator type is and even a free download of Chapter 1 uh, in Talk to Me. So there's a lot of information there available. So if you know your type of communicator and if you know your partner's type and your kid's type, you've got a heck of a much better chance of pumping up the mood during the holidays. Dr. Dennis O'Grady, thanks again for joining us. Uh, he is the founder of New Insights Communication, located in Centerville, and certainly uh, we would recommend that if folks have a question about anything they heard, they can contact your office. Also, be looking for his book. Again, the name of it is Talk to Me. It will be in bookstores in this area very soon, in time for the holidays, I hope.